Welcome to Your Tax Money Spent for Billionaire's Dreams. I'm Mason Gay, and I'm going to be your host today for this podcast. I'm going to let my team introduce themselves as well. I'm Miguel Stratum, and uh, the third podcast host on our team is... John Paul Rumor. How's it going, guys? Good to see you all today. Uh, so we'll just dive right in. So we're going to be talking about how building sports venues, specifically stadiums, impacts local economies and the tax consequences that go along with those stadiums. So just a little bit of an overview to start, the way that uh, building stadiums really impacts an economy, they inject multi-billion dollar businesses into a city. And what this does is it can really create many different types of jobs and uh, it increases tourism and spending over time. And a big example of this would be the AT&T Stadium in Arlington, Texas. Jerry Jones pays Arlington $2 million per year in rent and about $500,000 a year for the naming rights, which all goes directly into the city's general fund. So this obviously allots a lot of money each year for the city of Arlington to be able to provide other resources to their community. And also with this stadium, beyond just football events, AT&T has hosted over 300 non-football events such as Monster Jam, international soccer matches, many concerts and other uh, events. So there's really just so many things that a stadium can bring to a city. So obviously, as we think about how these stadiums, multi-million dollar stadiums are getting financed. Um, so a recent trend over the last decade or two is that most of these sport arenas gets financed with tax exempt bonds. And so pretty much how that works is the city or the county agrees to pay for some or all of the stadium costs in some circumstances and uses the power, the county's power, to issue municipal bonds. Uh, these bonds are obviously issued state and tax state state tax-free and federal tax-free. Um, and so essentially what is happening is these local governments inter they subsidize the stadiums pretty much and in turn the federal government subsidizes local government through these tax-free municipal bonds that are issued to the to the local governments um and so pretty much how, what how, how this affects the everyday taxpayer is that these state and local governments must carry most of the burden on financing these new stadiums and these federal sub subsidies re represents only a portion of the public cost that goes into these new sporting facilities. And the where the rest of the money comes from is from um, it's from like property tax exemptions to teams or in direct ways. So taxpayers are being directly taxed um, for, to fund these stadiums, for instance, um, where over, for instance, for 10 years or 15 years before the stadium is built, each individual taxpayer will pay an increased general sales tax or uh, will be paid through lotteries or taxes on rental cars, on hotels, on restaurants. These are my own tourist taxes. And these are how the individual taxpayers are being affected by these multi-billion dollar stadiums that are being built. And so the dilemma was going on here is pretty much as long as the supply of this new stadium remains less than demand, these sport owners can keep on, um, these sport owners can keep on relocating keep on threatening the cities to relocate their teams um, and obviously that creates this thing pretty much called as a prisoner's dilemma where obviously as a massive fan as a massive fan you don't want your team leaving your city right you want to stay there you're loyal to your team we're all americans we're we're we're, we're all we're a proud 
around the country. So we want a city, we want a team in our city. Um, and so pretty much these cities are scared of losing the teams. Um, and, and that's why these mayors and these governors are willing to offer all these tax-free municipal bo bonds to the private teams to keep the funding going. Miguel, let me just jump in real quick. Uh, I wanted to add one more thing to that. There is uh, one example of this would be the San Diego, now Los Angeles Chargers, who basically left the city of San Diego because they were not going to be getting the stadium that they wanted. And so we're going to be talking more about SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles, but this is essentially the reason that they left San Diego to go to Los Angeles because of a new stadium being built that uh, really would raise the interest level in their team that wasn't getting the same interest in San Diego. Right, yeah. I think then I think it happened to the Oakland Raiders as well, right? Because they moved to Las Vegas. Exactly. Because now the Las Vegas Raiders, yeah. Um, but so anyway, what happened, so the, the revenue section that, that pretty much allows this, allows this to occur is uh, internal revenue section, uh, code section 141. Um, so what happens here is that, let me pull that up here real quick in Bloomberg is so what it states is that um so as for purposes of the size the term private activity bonds means any bond issued um and then it states it needs to meet two tests so either the private business use test or the private security uh or payment test so we're more concerned with the private business use test so basically what it's saying is that if a bond is issued and it meets this private business use test which is if more than 10% of the proceeds of the issue of the bond issue are to be used for any private business use, then these are, then these bonds are allowed to be issued. So but these, these business owners are effectively allowing the, the city or the local government to subsidize the stadiums and under revenue section 141, this is allowable and are not, um, they are in, in terms of, they are abiding by law. And so while we're talking about Los Angeles, we can talk about a, a case in Los Angeles where another owner is kind of taking advantage of the system to kind of game it and end up with a taxable income that's much lower than it really should be. So we're talking about the owner of the Los Angeles Clippers, um, Steve Ballmer. Uh, a lot of people know this guy as the former CEO of Microsoft from 2000 to 2014. Once he ended up retiring from Microsoft, he ended up buying the Los Angeles Clippers. And so owners of pro sports teams, uh, they, they never really contribute en enough for their taxes, um, considering they make uh, the, these activities of owning a team. So when Steve Ballmer bought this team, he was able to deduct that price that he paid against his income over the coming years. The idea behind this is that the, what he is buying in those assets of the organization are is going to consist of uh, assets that degrade over time such as like buildings equipments patents and so they're able to deduct these expenses associated with these degrading assets over time to decrease their taxable income and so for steve bulmer he ended up making 656 million in 2020 uh, but the only amount that he paid for taxes was 78 million which in the grand scheme of things he's only paying a 12 percent tax rate on his income, which is just unreal considering that uh, he's able to take these giant deductions off of the these supposed expenses of his organization, which I mean, normal, normal people making around $40,000 a year are probably going to have around a 14 
or so percent tax rate. And I mean, the players that are on his teams are probably paying nearly 35 ish percentage uh, for their taxes. So there's obviously a huge discrepancy in these owners being able to, to take deductions and not necessarily a fair way, because you wouldn't really think that these assets are going to be degrading over time. They're probably going to be actually having even more and more worth over time. So John Paul, I think something you said there is important to note uh, when you kind of left a dichotomy between like the billionaire owners and people making maybe $40,000 a year. Uh, the people that are making that little money are also going to be increased, having taxes increased on them to, you know, subsidize these stadiums, pay for the remainder that aren't subsidized by bonds. And at the same time, they may not even be able to afford tickets to go to the games at these stadiums. So it's kind of interesting to think about they're, they're funding these things, but may not even ever get to experience or enjoy what they're funding. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, not even to, to mention that Bulmer has got millions of dollars of money that he's making in his other investments. Um, I mean, looking at his net worth from 2021, as of literally today, his net worth is $105.8 billion. And this comes from his investments. I mean, still money that he's probably making from Microsoft and, um, and just obviously it's money he's making from the Clippers, stuff like that. And, but I mean, to, to, to compare with that, he's also investing in, he's making some investments in nonprofits and government agencies that totaled 59 million in the last year. So, you know, where is this, where is he, where is he giving towards his taxes? Why is he, you know, willing to donate towards these nonprofits, but he's not willing to, you know, fork over the change to, to give towards his taxes and pay for hopefully, you know, making the area that his stadium is located in a much nicer place to live for the people around there. Um, and so, yeah, he's able to, he's able to take those deductions against his income that he's making from other sources too. So it's, it's um, really ending in a, in a pretty unfair tax treatment of um, his income overall. So I guess it, it essentially brings us to the question, how, like in what way can we limit these, these bonds or in what way can we get rid of the issue, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, I think, that, go, go ahead, Mason, you go. Well, I was just going to say that I think there's one thing that kind of relates to specifically the Clippers and Steve Ballmer and that he's actually hoping to build his own stadium for the Clippers uh, outside of Staples Center, which we're going to get into further with the naming rights of that arena. But essentially, it's going to be interesting to see how he's able to finance a new stadium in the same city where there's already a basketball arena. But right. to go further into that, uh, the stadium naming rights that I discussed earlier about Jerry Jones, the Staples Center in Los Angeles, which currently houses the Lakers and the Clippers, is going to be renamed to Crypto.com Arena. And they're going to be paying the, essentially, they're going to be paying $700 million over 20 years to, be, to have their name on the arena, which is also going to create tax implications for the owners of both the Lakers and the Clippers as of now, while they're both uh, still residing in that arena. But like I said, it'll be interesting to see if Palmer makes a decision to move now after this new uh, this new info information about the naming rights. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm interested to see what he does. Also, uh, Miguel, what were you kind of thinking on how we can fix this? Since you you're kind of the expert on this uh, Internal Revenue Code. Yeah, so I think it it's pretty. I mean, the code section I mentioned earlier, uh, section code section one one forty one, is 
I would probably advise like there probably needs to be a limit uh, on these on these municipal bonds and the state bonds allocatable allo allowed to be allocate allocated to uh, this the funding of these new sports stadiums and rather than eliminating this ruling this private or the private business use test completely maybe just provide a limit on it um, and so that that's pretty much it because I because I don't think because I mean essentially. We, cities do need sports stadiums, right? Everybody loves sport. Not everybody loves sports, but a lot of people do like sports, and these cities do need their their own sport teams. And their that's the way. That's the way. The with the with the business boom, with the sports boom of the last decade or two, there are going to be new stadiums built. And but without potentially just limiting these 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 allocatable uh, funds and not just elim not eliminating them, but just limiting them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I mean, in, in regards to, to my section on the when when owners are able to purchase a team, I think that there needs to be a more representationally faithful way to account for the amortization and the depreciation of the assets of an organization over time so that org organization owners aren't able to just take away their expenses um, and, and quite impact their income like they're able to and, and decrease it like they do. So I guess um, this would involve just not or, or, or not letting allowing them to take such a large percentage of their uh, overall assets uh, to be depreciated every year or maybe uh, aging them correctly over time so that it's not quite as much depreciation or amortization expense each year. So yeah, I guess that's a, a solution. Yeah, definitely. I guess uh, just to kind of conclude here a little bit, we can discuss a little bit about the tax breaks that some of these billionaire owners might be able to receive in specific cities. So one example that I always look to is uh, Donald Trump in the 1980s was developing a lot of real estate in Manhattan. And the city of Manhattan decided that because he, the projects that he was developing would be producing a lot of revenue for the city, that he would be able to get large tax breaks, uh, although he's still already a billionaire, but he would be able to get those tax breaks and just be able to not have to pay as much in taxes because of what he's providing to the city. So I think this is important to note with people like Jerry Jones or Steve Ballmer that they may be able to receive these tax breaks and that may be why we see them paying so little in taxes. Right, For sure. So yeah, I think uh, if you guys don't have anything else, we can wrap up. Yeah, I think we're good. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for, thanks for tuning in everybody. And just another day on your tax money spent for billionaire dreams. Enjoy the Thanksgiving and thanks, thanks very much for your time. And pay your taxes. And pay your taxes. Make America great. All right.